Thanks for listening to our Legacy Church podcast. We hope that today's message helps you in your walk with Christ and you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. Today I want to talk about what the Holy Spirit has been speaking to us throughout this whole service, that we serve a supernatural God. We serve a God that wants you to meet him in the way he is, who he is. We serve a God that has given us the Holy Spirit, Jesus who has not left us as orphans, but has sent us one so that we may experience God and who he is. He's omnipotent. God is almighty. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnibenevolent, which means that he's always good. God is always good. No matter what this world may say about him, no matter what the enemy might say about him, God is always good. He's omnipresent, which means God is everywhere. We can never hide from God. God is always trying to touch us supernaturally with his love. And that's what I want to talk about today, that God is a supernatural God. And you and I can never meet who God is in a natural way. The traditions of men make the word of God to no effect or no impact. We many times try to come to God through tradition through intellect, through the way we think we should reach God, by our upbringing. But it's impossible to meet a supernatural God with natural means. In Mark seven thirteen, it says, Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And, and some of us, it's, it's not even we're handing them down. They've been handed down to us. Isn't it true? We have all these things that are handed down to us. And you do many things like that. But thank God that we can look into God's Word. We can experience God's vitality when we come together and believe together that we serve a God of the impossible. We serve a God of miracles. We serve a God that wants you to know Him in a way that maybe you've never known Him before. You know, many cultures, we have different ways of getting to God. I know my culture is like the first thing, you know, the, the first tradition of my culture is your grandmother buys you a cross, you know? If you have a cross, I still have it, you're good. You're good, you know? And then sometimes you get promoted, you know, after you get the cross, you get the cross over your bed. You know what I'm talking about, right? And uh, if, if you're getting, you know, if you're really getting closer to God, you'll have a few statues in the house, Maybe a St. Joseph, you know, maybe a Christ, St. Christopher medal, you know. If you're Irish, St. Patrick, whatever he looks like with shamrocks on his, on his cap. And then if you're really, really religious, you have Mary in your backyard in a tub. <laughs> the, right? Traditions of men. But these things have no power. These things have no power. 
And sometimes in and themselves, they might not be, you know, terribly evil, you know. But in and themselves, they can even deceive you. People are deceived by tradition and not knowing God and who he is. And you can never be changed by tradition. You and I only change when you encounter who God truly is through his Holy Spirit. When you encounter the Holy Spirit, you are changed because you have met God through his presence, through his Holy Spirit. One encounter with the Holy Spirit changes you forever. We are a church that calls upon the true God, the living God, the supernatural God. That's why we spend time in worship, because we know we have to get out of our heads. We know we, you know, we rush to church, and we got to get settled, and we're dragging the kids, and, and we say we need time to meet God and who he is. We need time to invite his presence, because unless his presence comes, unless we're touched by him, by the Holy Spirit, we can go week after week after week, year after year after year, and nothing changes. But God still longs for you. He still is looking for an encounter with you. He wants to meet you as much as we need to meet him. Amen? God is a good God. You know, we had um, a new believers class, new believers crew this past week. And, uh, and some of the, the young ladies were giving their testimony and how God has touched them, the Holy Spirit has touched them since they've been coming to church. And one young girl said, you know, she came to church here and she was in postpartum. And I think she said she was on medication for postpartum, depression. And she started coming to church here and that spirit, that, that illness, whatever you want to call it, left. And she's happy and she's whole and she's not on medication anymore. And then another young lady was saying that she, she is um, epileptic. She has epilepsy. And the medication has been making her really sick. And she started coming to church. And, and, and she stopped taking medication because it was making her so sick. And she hasn't had one seizure since. And as they're speaking that, I'm saying it's because they're being touched by the Holy Spirit. They're in the house where we call upon the supernatural presence of God. We believe in miracles. We don't just sing about them. We believe that God is a God of miracles. He's able. He's capable. You know, I remember many years ago when um, I came to the Lord, what changed me was an encounter with the Holy Spirit. It changed me. It wasn't just going to church. It was meeting Jesus. It was meeting his spirit. I remember being prayed over and, and, and not knowing much about anything, but being prayed over and, and just desiring, I need God, I need you, Jesus, you know. And I remember reading about the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and, and saying, hey, does this still happen? I need everything I can get from God. I need a real God. I don't just need church. I need God in my life. And they say, yes, of course, of course. And they prayed for me and and I was baptizing the Holy Spirit with a whole bunch of friends and speaking in tongues. And I tell you, what happened was, I knew that I knew that I knew that God was real. I encountered him. And that the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, it did something to me where I couldn't stop talking about what Jesus did. I was telling all my friends. 
you know, invited my sister who didn't want anything to do with church, you know. But she knew something happened to me. And something did happen. I encountered the Holy Spirit. Not only was I speaking in English, a little bit of Italian, I was speaking in tongues too. I got a third language. God changed me. And I was telling everybody. And, and I don't know if, if she came because I couldn't shut up about Jesus. Because lots of people told me, you know, Ron, the only reason I came to church was I just wanted to get you off my back. You know? When the Holy Spirit touches you, you can't help but talk to people about Jesus. And so anyway, so she came. She didn't want anything to do with church. She never went to church. And, uh, and so she came. And, um, and she was in a worship service, and my sister always got migraines. She always had migraines, bad migraines. And it happened that night that she came, she had migraines. And as, as the church was worshiping, this is her first time in church, she feels a hand on her head, a literal physical hand on her head. She turns around, and there's no one in the seats behind her. And immediately she noticed that her migraine had dissipated, gone away. She never got migraines from that day. God is a supernatural God. The Holy Spirit is real, and He's among us. Miracles happen when the Holy Spirit's supernatural power is encountered. You know, it was Jesus who sent us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent as a promise to us. Oh, you know when someone makes a promise to you? That's pretty important, right? You want them to keep that promise. Promises are important. You don't make promises that you can't keep, right? Well, Jesus made a promise. So this was so important that Jesus made this promise. And we read in Acts 2, 38, 39, that Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you. It's for your children. Now, this is where we come in. And it's for all those who are far off. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, not just to his disciples, not just to their children and their legacy, but to all those Jesus saw through history. And he spoke to you and I, and he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you powerless. You are not going to be in a world that's overcome by evil and the work of the devil and me not leave you the power that I have for you, the person that I have for you, the same person that came upon me as Jesus when I was baptized, that I needed the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. I am not going to leave you as orphans, but I am sending him to you. What a promise. And listen. The church was started by Jesus sending the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon those in the upper room at Pentecost, 120 of them. And he started the church by empowering them. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon them. And how do we know the Holy Spirit came upon them? They started speaking in in tongues. And it was a supernatural thing that happened to them. The church needs to continue in how it was started. 
The church can only be the church that we read about in the, Holy, in the New Testament by visitation of the Holy Spirit if we continue in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's how Jesus started the church. And when we become Christians or churches become institutions that don't have this person of the Holy Spirit and not welcoming this person of the Holy Spirit, not elevating the importance of being baptized in the Holy Spirit as the church was in the New Testament, we become ineffective, we become institutionalized, and we become powerless. God wants us to be powerful. God wants us to experience miracles. God wants us to save those that are lost, to pray for the sick and see them recover, to cast demons off of people, oppression, addiction, you know, generational curses. It can only happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't discount yourself. The promise was for you. Say for me. Louder. For me. You know, the first touch of the Holy Spirit is when you are touched and awakened to a place where you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Salvation comes through this person, the Holy Spirit. It's not something you're doing. It's even not something you've decided even to be here this morning. It's the Holy Spirit that you can't see is working in your life. It's the Holy Spirit who's trying to reach you because His mission is you. His mission is you. And so it's the Holy Spirit Catch this. If you're taking notes, write this down. It's the Holy Spirit who baptizes us into Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit who baptizes us into Jesus. And it's the Holy Spirit who releases salvation and adds you to the church. And we see this in Scripture. In John 3, 5, Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of what? The Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. But the who gives birth to spirit. The spirit gives birth to spirit. In 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen, for we are all baptized by one who? Spirit. So as to form one body. We are put together. The church is put together by the Holy Spirit. Whether Jews or Gentiles, whether Irish, Greek, Italian, Yugoslavian, Scandinavian, whatever you are today, God puts you together with all those Spanish, Latino, Middle Eastern, Far Eastern, whatever you are, it's not coincidence. God brings you into a church to form you together, to put you together. Why do you think we work so hard on getting us together, serving together, Involved together, not just kind of attending a building. Because the Holy Spirit's work is to put us together. We become the church. It's the Holy, but you never truly understand that in your spirit until you meet the Holy Spirit and encounter the Holy Spirit. Isn't this true? So we learn that the Holy Spirit baptizes in Jesus. Write this down. 
The disciples, the church, baptizes us in water. So Matthew 28, 19, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. We receive salvation through the Holy Spirit. Then the church, the disciples, baptize us into water. But then listen, it's Jesus who baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 3, 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus, you love Jesus. You love Jesus. Well, guess what? Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. You'll meet him. When you leave this earth, you will meet him. Amen? But while we're here, he has sent his counterpart, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all three, the Trinity, they all have always existed. That's a whole other teaching. So salvation, water baptism, and being baptized in the Holy Spirit are all unique experiences. This is what I want you to understand this morning. Salvation, accepting Christ in your heart, is a unique experience. The Holy Spirit baptizes you into Jesus. Water baptism is a unique experience. The Bible says repent and be water baptized. The church baptizes you. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit comes from Jesus Christ. All three are unique. And let me say this, that we tend to fear each of these until you experience each of these. Think about this. We tend to fear coming to Christ, asking Jesus to go our life. We tend to fear coming to church and, and, uh, and making a commitment. We tend to fear the step of, you know, you need to repent and be baptized, right? And, but when you experience salvation, what happens? You rejoice you thank God. Man, I wish I'd received Jesus years ago. I would have saved myself so many headaches and so much sorrow and sadness and brokenness. You rejoice. And then when you're water baptized, right? The church preaches the, the scripture, you must repent. If you're an adult, you need to be water baptized. Obey the commandment. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I was baptized as an infant. I don't know. I don't know. You know, what does that mean to have to shave my head and move to Montana? You know, and you fear that step, that progression, that growing spiritual. You fear it until you're water baptized. You're water baptized, what happens? You rejoice. Thank God I did it. You know, it's impacted my life. And then when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we fear Him more than anything, especially when we say, hey, you know, you need to be baptized, and God wants to release the gift of tongues and speaking in tongues. Tongues. I don't That's crazy. Are you one of those tongue-speaking, you know? It's all in the Bible. It's all in the Bible. It's all for you to become all that God wants you to be. But once you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, right, you're telling everybody. 
Like Paul. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than everybody. And you're praying in tongues all the time. And you're thanking God. Oh, God, thank you that I can pray in, in this language. I have no clue what I'm saying. It sounds crazy, but man, I can feel it. That's the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. I don't know what I'm saying, but I don't even know what I'm saying when I'm praying in English. So I might as well pray in the Spirit. And God, God. And you say, oh, thank God I speak in tongues. You know, I, I pray in tongues more than I pray in English because, you know, I, I find my, my natural prayers are very uh, shallow, you know. Lord, I pray for my family, you know. I pray for my, my wife. She needs my prayers, Lord, because she's married to me, you know. <laughs> and, and, and you have, isn't this true that your natural prayers are very shallow? But when you stop praying in, in the Spirit, you know something is happening. God knows your yesterday. He knows your tomorrow. He knows what you need. He knows what to pray through you for. It's a powerful gift. But we tend to fear things that we don't know. We fear what we don't know. I want to ask my wife, Lori, talking about my wife, Lori, to come. And, um, and she hates doing this, but I put her on the spot. <clears throat> but my wife um, had a, a real powerful uh, encounter with the person of the Holy Spirit. And God gave her such a profound revelation of this person of the Holy Spirit. And I just wanted her to share it. Well, many, many years ago, um, I went to a ladies' conference in Long Island with a bunch of ladies from church. This was probably the late 90s, and um, we were there, and the Holy Spirit was moving powerfully, and at the end of the service, all of the ladies, we all came to the altar, and we got prayer, and we really got touched. When you feel the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and your heart is open to it, it's a good thing, because the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, and he never imposes himself on anyone. He's one that all that he has to give is only goodness, and that's true. So we all had gotten prayer, and we went to bed, and when I went to sleep, I had a dream. And in my dream, I was standing in the midst of a very large church congregation with many people walking to and fro. Everybody was busy, and in the far corner of the church, I saw a very tall man, seven feet tall, with wavy blonde hair and giant blue eyes like sapphire stone. And I was looking at him, and he was looking at me, and I was watching people bump into him. I was watching people walk by him. I was watching people busy in their ministries and running about in the church, and he was just standing there. And I was drawn to him, and so I made my way through the crowd, and I made my way over to him. And when I got closer, he opened his arms to me, and I just, and he hugged me. And when I was in his arms, I just began to feel all the things that God possesses, all his qualities, his goodness, his love, his freedom, his forgiveness, his mercy. And all that God is and all that we lack is all found in the Lord. As I was in his arms and he began to hug me, I literally felt waves of anointing in my dream while I was sleeping on my bed. And I felt everything like I had an empty cup. And when he hugged me, I lifted my cup up to him, and he was pouring in all the things that I lacked because I embraced him, and he embraced me. 
And the next morning I woke up and I really wasn't sure what it meant. I just know what I felt. And I was sharing my dream with the ladies at breakfast. And one of the ladies says, Lori, do you know what happened last night to you? The Lord allowed you to meet the, the Holy Spirit as a person. The Holy Spirit is just not some mystical thing. He is the third person of the Godhead. He's a person. And in my dream, I was able to see him. And I just began to pray and say, God, what is the meaning of this dream? And he showed me. Many people walked by me. Many people who really needed what I have were afraid to approach me. And many times I come and I stand in all the churches across the world and people walk by me. They don't recognize me. They need what I have, but they don't stop what they're doing. They're busy, but they're not getting the things, the tools that I have for them, for them to be powerful on the earth and to overcome and to have the freedom that we need to have as Christians. So I just share that with you to let you know that the Lord is good, the Holy Spirit is good, and anything that you ever need is found in him. When you come to the altar and get prayer, you never have to be afraid because he's never going to give you something bad. You never have to be afraid. He has goodness for you. And I was able to meet him in my dream, and I was never the same again. And so I just wanted to share that with you. So salvation is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit comes into you. And the evidence of salvation is repentance. We know we are saved. We've gone from death to life because our life changes. Our lifestyle has changed. We've repented from a lifestyle of sin. Water baptism is your public acknowledgement of your decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And the evidence is your public declaration in front of others and the immersion into water. But the Holy Spirit baptism is the Holy Spirit coming on you. The word baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means submerged, full immersion, overcome by the Holy Spirit. And he overcomes sin in your life. He overcomes the natural part of us, and he empowers us with the supernatural part of us. The evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit has always been biblically is the evidence of speaking in tongues, speaking in a prayer language. It's not natural, but it's supernatural. But do we serve a natural God or a supernatural God? Do we serve a God of the, the Bible or a God of tradition? And, and it's powerful, like, like Gloria was saying, that when we open ourselves and say, Holy Spirit, come, come, and we have faith, the Holy Spirit releases the evidence, which is speaking in tongues, which we're going to open the altars today. And I want to encourage you, if you're here, maybe some of you have been Christians for years and uh, have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You've never received this promise that Jesus gave and the blessing of being able to speak in tongues, I want to encourage you to come today, not leave church, and allow the Holy Spirit to meet you. As the Bible says in Mark 16, 17, and these signs will accompany those who believe. Those who believe. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will place their hands on sick people 
and they will get well. You know, that's another phenomenon of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit releases miracles. He releases healing. In fact, I want to uh, just call one more person up, uh, Christina. Christina here? Christina Tavares? Christina, come. You know, here's, here's something else. Come. The Holy Spirit works supernaturally. When you encounter the Holy Spirit, you encounter miracles. When you open yourself to meeting this person of the Holy Spirit, you encounter miracles. Why don't you tell us what happened at the altar? Um, So about a year ago, not even, um, (laughs) we've been facing quite a few challenges in our life. Two specific ones that I can speak about is a healing that I received from being in a wheelchair for months. Um, It was months of doctors telling me I had MS, doctors telling me it was neurological, it was my spine. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know if I would be healed. Um, I went to the altar twice, and on the third time, I just went up there desperate and ready and praying in tongues and asking God, warring against not just the things here on earth, but the spiritual things as well. And I said, God, like, it's your time. And all of our family, leaders, pastors, everybody came around and they prayed and prayed. One minute I'm in pain in a wheelchair crying. The next minute I'm standing up walking free of pain. healed me from that wheelchair. And then so many months later, we find out in October that, surprise, we're having another baby. (laughs) And we find out we're having complications and they don't know if they're gonna have to terminate the pregnancy. And we're having active bleeding and worried about our baby's life. A couple weeks ago, we go to the doctors for a one-hour, what is supposed to be a one-hour ultrasound, turns into three hours. They're trying to figure out what's going on, what changed. The baby that had no fluid now has too much fluid. The baby that was too tiny and was just bones is now 58% bigger than what he was supposed to be. Not only that, the placenta that was completely covering, that they said was probably not going to allow me to give birth, was moved so far out of the way that doctors took three hours to check the liver, the kidneys, the breathing, the swallowing, everything of this baby to find out something must be wrong because there's no way you can go from so little to so much, from so tiny to so big, and doctors couldn't explain it. But my husband, he knew. He just kept saying, pointing up to God and saying, it was him. It was him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening today. 
We pray you are blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week. Thank you.